When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are you going to say something? Do I need to start the show today, David? <laughs> I don't I don't want to say anything. I don't even want to talk about sports. I want to talk about hockey. I want to talk about baseball. Sports make me sad, uh, and I'm sure they make you sad. So hopefully we can come together and, and comfort each other. Welcome in to the PHNX D-backs podcast, or should I say, hello and welcome to Disappointment. Uh, I am your mayor of Disappointment, occasionally known as Derek Montia. This is your vice mayor of Disappointment. Occasionally known as Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Get the series win tomorrow, Derek. You can get the series win tomorrow. Everyone can forget about this absolutely disgusting 12-inning, four-plus-hour baseball game in front of 3,000 fans at the Oakland Coliseum. And the that dogs! ultimately turned in. So yes, dogs and dogs. There were too. dogs there, too. Uh, oh. This game ultimately turns into a 9-8 loss against the worst team in baseball uh, that, that did win their... They, they are now in double digits, Derek. They have now won double digit games in 2023. So this is a, a big day for the Oakland A's, but uh, not a great day for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Jesse, I'm not mad that the Diamondbacks necessarily blew this game, right? I mean, things happen. I'm not mad that I think they you lost. You are pretty mad. I'm not, well, like, I'm not <laughs> mad that they lost one of the games to the Oakland A's. I didn't sure. necessarily expect them to go on the road and sweep even the weakest of teams, because that's not always the easy, easiest thing to do. Yeah. Um, I'm mad about Brock Ballou, the uh, home plate umpire tonight and the first base umpire in last night's game, whose name now I know because I will never forget it after the last <laughs> two games and what I saw this man do out there on, on a baseball diamond. I mean... I, I often hear people talk about it becoming the ump show and making it about them. But there were just so many weird things that happened in this game. Him being terrible at his job as a home plate umpire aside, there were still so many weird things that happened in this game and in game one that I just can't be satisfied with the fact that the Diamondbacks lost this game. I mean, we're going to talk about the loss and, and we're going to talk about Evan Longoria's role, especially in this. But Brock Ballou... Uh, you're on my list, pal, because holy crap. <laughs> um, first we had, I mean, obviously the big thing with him was in game one, tossing Tori, who Tori admitted, I guess, after the game, he didn't even know if he was tossing him. He was just tossing someone in the dugout, and Tori felt like it was his responsibility to step up and, and, and be the one that got tossed, so it wasn't one of the players. Um, <clears throat> but... Uh, he also tossed Merrill Kelly as Merrill Kelly was being taken out of the game, which was just especially delightful. That was hilarious. I think it's absolutely hilarious yeah. to eject the. You almost feel like like Merrill Kelly like kind of won that moment in a sense. He like, did win that moment. Like he the fact that he that he didn't blow up in in the moment. Right there was a um, as I'm sure everyone knows in in the game yesterday. It was the eighth inning. Merrill Kelly was. Pushing toward finishing eight innings, he talked after the game about potentially even throwing a complete game, which yeah. is something he thought he might be able to do. Uh, he was not able to, and it wasn't all because of Brock Ballou, but um, Merrill Kelly should have gotten a relatively quick first out of that eighth inning, um, but he didn't because uh, there was a check swing that was wrongfully called not a swing when it absolutely was on replay. Um, and Merrill Kelly did not mince words after the game talking about that incident. 
Um, but yeah, in the moment, he sort of kept his cool. Tori Lovello did not keep his cool. Uh, Merrill Kelly did keep his cool until he was walking off the mound later in the inning. And then he let Brock Ballou know his thoughts. And that's when Brock Ballou uh, yeah. ejected him from yeah. a game that he was already departing right. from. So just kind of an odd situation. there. Right. Uh, Kelly told reporters, I thought that was a terrible call. I thought it was a very, very obvious swing. I've seen the video of it. In my mind, it was a very obvious swing. At that time, that guy's got one job to do. He hit the umpire with the "you had one job," and but you it is. Even do I mean, it is job. literally true. Like yeah. you can't really pull that card on the home plate umpires much because home plate umpires, especially in this new pitch clock era that we live in, the home plate umpire has many jobs. Um, but the first base umpire in a situation like that. Yeah. pretty much literally has one job. It right. is their job to figure out on a check swing whether the batter swung or not. And and it was a blunder. And, I mean, umpires are certainly going to make mistakes. Uh, but we saw we saw Brock Ballou uh, showcase his personality a little bit in, in this game as well, he, getting he into it. He puts it so politely, um, doesn't it? We I saw mean, him be a jackass is what we saw. We saw he him made a number of, He made a number of terrible calls. He made right? so many bad calls. He made tonight. a number of terrible calls. But in calls. game one, he tosses Tori out of the game, right? Which is fine. We're deep at manager. Um, that's okay to lose Tori. Um, we're deep at manager. We, we are deep at manager. <laughs> we are. We, you, you could lose Tori and Bannister, and I bet Brent Strom would step right up and lead this team to a victory. But uh, the big thing, the big impact there was Merrill really couldn't get back on track after that entire situation and uh, eventually comes out of the game relatively soon after that. Um, but he did say that he was definitely, in his words, definitely sniffing. Uh, his first career complete game, which yeah. that's the thing that we really miss out on uh, by that whole dog and pony show taking place with Brock Ballou over there at first base. Then you forward to tonight. The saga continues. Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang. You have Brock Ballou behind home plate. First, he calls Nick Ahmed for the pitch clock violation thing, which was just weird. It's a weird because, situation. Because, like, uh, Nick got got overly aggressive there. And I think the reason why is because that's how you would react when you ask somebody if they were okay to not stand there considering how late it was taking or how long it was taking the pitcher to get on the mound and be ready yeah. himself and how the pitch clock was running down. Uh, he seemed to nod, you know, he was fine. Did, you know, didn't need to be in there or something like that. Maybe it was a miscommunication between him and Nick. I'm not sure, but uh, it was definitely very strange. Um, and Nick gets that pitch clock violation uh, and ultimately ends up, I believe, striking out in that at bat. Yeah, you could tell that Nick just kind of lost his composure in that moment. Um, I think the next pitch, uh, I want to say it was it was out of the strike zone. I know it was a strike of some sort, and then he and then he chased a pitch that was well out of the zone to strike out. So um, it was not. That was that was a strange sound. We're not entirely sure what's happening here, ladies and gentlemen. There, there are some very strange noises in our office <laughs> building right now. We're not gonna lie. Uh, I guess we just keep we just keep doing the show. <laughs> nah, I'm out of here. Do you think they're cleaning the windows? I think they might be. I think they are cleaning the windows right outside of our office right now. But it definitely sounds like somebody's about to break it. Do you think there's some sort of heist that's going on right now? Like it felt like they're suction cupping up the the glass. Oh my god, they suction. That's what it was. They just suction cup past the glass. That's what we heard. We're done for, guys. We're I done. Mean, it's a bigger heist than the oh, uh, the Oakland A's stealing this game from the Diamondbacks tonight. Uh, back is to Brock. Brock Ballou. Is Brock Ballou coming after he's us the, too, Derek? Is that the, what's happening the, right he's now? The mastermind behind the whole <laughs> thing. But uh, just, I mean, a bunch of questionable calls. Like there's so many. Uh, he rung up uh, Josh Rojas in the top of the eighth with two on, two out on a pitch that was well below the zone and honestly lower than a pitch that he had called a ball. Just like two pitches previously, we have a screenshot of that, I believe. Uh, do we? Yeah. Okay. We have we have a couple. We have we many. Have we have many uh, Brock Blue screenshots in here. Uh, this is the this is the Josh Rojas uh, screenshot. Which, yeah, yes, this that, pitch that ninety two mile an hour pitch right there. Uh, it's clearly right in the middle of of right the plate, so it's obvious that this was not called. Uh, I mean, it was very clearly a strike in that direction. It was just a matter of whether this pitch was low. Uh, 
too low or not. Yeah. And it obviously is too low. I mean, it's at the umpire shins, right? Like it's looking at the umpire right there by comparison. It's yeah. at his shins. But it really was the pitch prior to this was even higher. And that was that was really what was egregious. And then this it. one right here was the Cattell Marte pitch that was well below the zone to start the top of the 10th. Yeah. I mean, these the we could we could we cherry could go pick on. a whole bunch yeah, of yeah. these. Yeah. Uh, and I think somebody said it in the chat. I mean, it, it d- still falls on the Diamondbacks. It falls on the Diamondbacks because uh, they weren't able to generate any runs in three innings, uh, essentially with a, a a man on second base starting. You know, the inning they could not do anything with the ghost runner. They couldn't uh, get quality at bats where they advanced them, and they 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 didn't seem to have any game plan. There was no attempts at bunts. There just wasn't anything going on. There was just kind of free swinging and not doing anything to to generate the run. But yeah, let's take a step back because the Diamondbacks obviously had a substantial lead. A big part of that was Christian Walker putting them up early with a two-run home run. Then something magical happened. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel came to the plate. I turned to this guy. I say, my purple hair is tingling. You did uh, say I that. I think we're communicating through the television set because that's what our hair does now, me and Lourdes. <laughs> and I'm like, a home run's coming. And then next thing you know, a, a home run did in fact come. Lourdes uh, extended his hit streak to 10 games with the home run, uh, with his fifth inning home run. Uh, and yeah, I called it. My hair called it, actually. You did. You did. He's kind of sick about it because he has to sit here in front of you and admit that this is not a story. No, I'm, ha- I'm this happy This is, in fact, to, something that did happen I am happy office. to admit that Derek did say that his hair was tingling uh, because yeah. Lourdes was about to homer, and yeah. Lourdes did, in fact, homer. He did. Uh, but the reality, Derek, is that I don't think anyone really cares that Lourdes Gurriel no, hit a, hit a big home run at that thing. point in the game. I was going to say more stuff about it, but no, because you know why? The Diamondbacks blew it. And uh, it wasn't necessarily uh, too many people's faults. Uh, we'll talk about the bullpen. Uh, but we'll also talk about, like I said, Evan Longoria's role in that. Uh, Tommy Henry was fine. He wasn't good, I guess. You, I mean, you want to see more out of him, especially in a night where the bullpen ended up getting uh, so overutilized in an extra innings game. Yeah, uh, Tommy Henry goes four and two-thirds inning, giving up six hits, four earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts, and he threw 83 uh, pitches. So, yeah, I mean, it's not He's okay. It's it's not great. It's not great, but uh, he did give the Arizona Diamondbacks a chance to win the game because when he came out, uh, they were up eight to four still and uh, had a fairly substantial lead. Uh, but Evan Longoria was not very good for this team tonight, and uh, there's multiple reasons why he wasn't. Uh, he was 0 for 4 at the plate. He gets the golden sombrero tonight uh, with the four strikeouts. There, wow, he gets we, that. Have, we have an actual golden we do. sombrero. I did arrange now. for that. Yeah, <laughs> he deserves that tonight. I don't usually go in this mean or this hard on people, but man, when you're 0 for 4 at the plate, the last thing you want to do is botch your job, your assignment defensively in the field. And Longoria ultimately made the, the one of the biggest errors of the game, one of the biggest mistakes of the game. Uh, it did allow the bases to get loaded when the Diamondbacks could have gotten out of the inning with a fairly easy. I'm not going to act like it was a fairly easy. It was a shot his direction that he was able to get, but he just wasn't able to recover and get back to third base to to get the out. And uh, yeah. the inning continues, and a grand slam is the results of the very next batter. So that feels like it was so long ago at this point. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> because was, it was. This was it a was four like two hour. Hours this was a four hour nine minute baseball I hate game. It. I hate this it. was I, this I, was the Diamondbacks' first extra inning game of the season somehow, and we were fully immersed into the extra innings experience today with with twelve innings in total for this one. But yeah, going back to that play that that Longo made or or didn't make, I guess I should say. Um, yeah, that I mean that was that was an unacceptable play. I'm sure that Longo would say the same thing. Uh, I think it maybe took a little bit of a, a strange hop, but it's it's a play that you know a major league third baseman has to make. Uh, as I've said in the past, it continues to puzzle me a little bit that in these games against lefties where the D-backs start both Emmanuel Rivera and Evan Longoria, it feels like you should go with Rivera at third base rather than Longoria, yes. uh, just because Rivera was really good for the yes. D-backs at third base last season. And not to say Longoria has been bad. Longoria has had pretty decent metrics there overall this season. I don't want to make it sound like Longoria has been atrocious at third base this year. 
But I think it's pretty clear at this stage that Emmanuel Rivera is, if you're going to pick between one of the two of them, Rivera is is going to be the guy. And, and Rivera is not playing every day, so it's not like, you know, you need to give him a day off his feet or anything like that. You really have a choice of those two defenders, which one you want at third base. It feels like the D-backs have made the wrong choice, potentially, in that situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, as we were talking about earlier, if Kyle Nelson comes in and gives up anything other than a grand slam, then the Diamondbacks theoretically win this game in in nine innings, right? A base is clearing double. A base is clearing double. If he comes in and and strikes out the next batter as he did, the Diamondbacks would would win this game eight to seven. So just, uh, I mean, just, you know, I mean, there there are bullpen blowups and there are situations like this that somehow are even more gut-wrenching than yeah. you know a bullpen blow up because it was it was an error it was an error that happened at the worst conceivable time yeah. and that's what led to the uh, the A's being able to tie this game. It was exasperated by the error and two errors, two critical errors at third base, both by Longoria and by Josh Rojas, that ended up leading to this loss. And yeah, there's a lot of other things you could point to especially their lack of the Diamondbacks lack of offense there once the game started to, yeah. to get on the line you That was tell. a that was a big thing. I mean, you could just tell once that once the game was tied at 8, I think the Diamondbacks were just a little bit starstruck. Like this was a game that 100% felt like they just had it in the bag, yeah. right? Yeah. They led it 6 to 2, the A's come back, make it 6 to 4, the D-backs get two runs back, they make it 8 to 4. They they were cruising and and against a team like the Oakland A's you, you just kind of expect that when you have a four-run lead in the middle innings that you're not going to have any issues carrying that through, especially with how good the Diamondbacks' offense looked. Yeah. Uh, but then that grand slam happens, and suddenly the D-backs just couldn't buy a hit anymore. Uh, I think they had a couple hits in, in the next inning in the eighth. They weren't able to score anyone the, there. The hair did not tingle anymore. When right. The there, was there, was no, there was no hair tingling at that point. That's when uh, I believe that's when one of the very, very poor calls happened. Uh, I believe the one against Josh Rojas happened in that in that eighth inning. Um, and then, yeah, the D-backs offense the rest of the way, Derek, did not have a single base hit. They, they were over three in the ninth, the 10th, the 11th and the 12th. I think there was maybe a walk or two mixed in there. Um, but even in those even in those extra innings, you don't even necessarily need a base hit in order to score a run. Uh, but every single time, as we talked about earlier, the leadoff man would come in and either strike out or ground out on the first pitch or something. Yeah. D-backs weren't able to move that runner over to third base at all. And, and they ultimately went 0 for 3 trying to trying to score in those extra innings. And the Diamondbacks' lack of depth in the bullpen showed tonight. Uh, they did not have a lot of options. That's why we saw Scott McGuff ultimately throw 60 pitches or however many he ended up throwing. It was absurd. Uh, but yeah, the Diamondbacks were down to one, one more relief pitcher, I believe, or two more relief pitchers. Um, and I don't even know they if Miguel had, they Castro had Anthony was Anthony Misevich and Miguel Castro. Miguel Castro had already worked in two straight games, so he so probably he figured, wasn't even available. Yeah, the D-backs wanted to stay away from him. You probably could have gotten something out of Anthony Misevich, uh, but instead Scott McGuff went out and threw like 50 pitches, uh, which is a whole other thing, Derek. Like as far as where the Diamondbacks go from here with their bullpen. It's going they, to be taxed. They have, the, they have the off day on Thursday, so maybe they feel like they can get through this. Um, but tomorrow will be a little bit interesting with, with Ryan Nelson on the mound. The D-backs won't have quite as much length back there as they probably would like to. Kyle Nelson should be available. He only threw seven pitches. Uh, Chafin threw 11 pitches. So out of the guys that they used tonight. Chafin, I think, was used yesterday. Sure. So he would be sure. he would be in a back-to-back. You'd probably want to stay away from him. You would probably want to do that. Yep, for sure. The problem is, is you have Ryan Nelson on the mound, and you don't, don't really know what you're going to get out of him yeah. at all, right? So uh, interesting to see how this develops. And, of course, uh, it's the Oakland A's, right? So it's going to be salt in the wound to lose uh, one game, even in the series, to the worst team uh, in baseball. But... They really need to get things together tomorrow so that they don't lose two in the series. To yeah. The tomorrow, it's like, devastating. you know, at this point in the season, there's no such thing as a must win game. But it would be like pretty demoralizing for the D-backs to go into Oakland, really? win game one, you know, have a four run lead halfway through game two and then lose the series. So tomorrow is not a must win game. If the, if the D-backs lose, the sky is not falling. 
It will be okay. I'm going to fucking panic. But Don't listen to this it, guy. It will be a bad look. And I imagine that it will take another hit to that clubhouse, just like the series lost last week against the Miami Marlins did. You expect to go in against the Oakland A's, regardless of you know the pitching matchups. I know Zach Gallon isn't throwing in this series, but you expect to go in and take two out of three at least from that team. Hopefully the D-backs are able to do that tomorrow. Cog says, hey, the A's have beat almost exclusively good teams. So there's that. I don't know. I, like, <laughs> I mean, how many times? They only have they only have 10 wins the entire season, yeah, right? I don't know. So. I still want to look on the bright side with him. But uh, I'm not going to look on the bright side when it comes to Evan Longoria's performance tonight, whether it is the uh, four strikeouts at the dish or whether it was the critical error that essentially you could say cost the Diamondbacks the game. Evan Longoria, you get our OG's performance to forget. Uh, what does that mean? I don't remember because I don't even know how this game went anymore. Twelve innings. Uh, <laughs> that's why. It, that's why it's the performance to, to forget. forget. Right? Oh man, <laughs> Derek's uh, already trying to block it out of his I mind. I tried, here. and let me tell you, uh, I don't know if I will be able to, but I will try to do it with my friends from OGs. They have a wide variety of doses and strains to get me through this. Uh, I'm especially going to hit up the Aquaberry Sleep Edition when I get home. Uh, and knock myself out so hopefully i can you wanted uh, to do that like two hours ago i really did i told him i'm like i just want to can i just do it here um but of course uh there's a wide variety of doses to try so make sure if you're uh, a first timer you try their micro dose they have all sorts of uh awesome uh, uh strains available as well as their happy balance strawberries and cream which is a cbd to thc ratio that gives you a lot of the good feelings without Maybe some of the loopy feelings you might associate with taking edibles. They also have mixed bags now, which are their fruits and their creams together in one bag. And that just sounds incredibly delicious, which, again, uh, OG's is all about making their edibles delicious. So make sure to check them out. Find them at your local dispensary at OG'sBrands.com. Must be 21 or over to enjoy responsibly. Uh, also, check out our friends from Four Peaks. Uh, I drank a couple of those tonight, and then I moved on to vodka seltzers because... Uh, things got progressively worse around here, but uh, <laughs> I do enjoy all of the beers that Four Peaks has. Uh, my favorite is the Wow Wheat, which is available a lot of places. Also, the Hop Knot. I love the Hop Knot. So, uh, and those are available at Arizona Diamondbacks games. Something weird uh, is going on at Chase Field, by the way, because I've tried to go get like a draft beer when we were there the other uh, for for like our takeover event, and uh, like none of the taps were on, but they had oh. plenty of. They still have plenty of Four Peaks uh, in tall cans. So uh, make sure when you're there enjoying a Diamondbacks game, you check out our friends at Four Peaks. And, and speaking of that, Four Peaks wants you to come to the Diamondbacks with uh, their four seats promotion. One lucky winner will get four seats to an upcoming Diamondbacks game. Tickets come with D-Bucks, so you can grab some of that beer I'm talking about and some food. Uh, enjoy yourself a nice afternoon of baseball. Hopefully, it doesn't go to 12 innings on you like today's game is because I am not a fan of those. But you can enter by going to Four Peaks Brew on Instagram. The link is in our bio. Uh, you can also check out Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks and please drink responsibly. Uh, I don't know if we really want to give out a king snake for this game because I feel like nobody really should be applauded. But uh, Christian Walker continues to do good things for this team uh two for five today with a home run and two rbi he also had a walk uh, and he remains a very positive source of offense for this team it's just again it's very surprising when you see this team kind of go cold together as they did and you could tell that that grand slam home run to tie the game by the a's really just kind of shook them uh because everybody collectively kind of tightened up at that point. You didn't really see much from the offense after that. Yeah, I mean, on the bright side, Christian Walker, I mean, that was his 10th home run of the season. It's only <coughs> it's only May uh, 16th, right? Almost May 17th. So it's still May 16th right now. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Christian Walker is on pace to have basically a 40 homer season at this point. So uh, he continues to be outstanding for this D-backs offense. As you talked about before, Lourdes Gurriel continues to have just an, a ridiculous month of May. You could make a case right now that he's the front runner for the Player of the Month award for May in the National League right now. Uh, certainly has no no connection whatsoever to Derek dyeing his hair purple at the very instant that Lourdes Gurriel suddenly was knocking the cover off the baseball. Um, the hair tingling right now, go, Derek. I'm just going to go in the other direction. You're going to go in the other direction. Volume he was talking about. There you we go. Going. 
All right. Go purple here. I I do have one other thing I want to say about uh, about Evan Longoria. Oh. Yeah. I, I one one more thing on on the negative side, real quick. Evan Longoria, we've we've talked right about the Diamondbacks' upcoming decision that they're going to have to make once they do bring in an eighth bullpen arm, which it seems after today might be coming sooner than later. Uh, we'll see how you know what Tori says after the game about how he's feeling about his bullpen going into tomorrow. Yeah. But the D-backs at some point are going to have to make a decision about which position player they're willing to part with. And it doesn't feel like it's going to be Dominic Fletcher uh, because of how well he is he has played. I know he's had a couple games where he hasn't done a whole lot, but that's that's going to happen. The man still has a 1,000 OPS. He's the greatest um, Italian baseball player. And he is the greatest Italian baseball yeah. player of all time. Um, and Emmanuel Rivera uh, is is one, one of the one of the best Puerto Rican players of, right. of all time. You could you He's could make a case. Yeah. Yes, right. Uh, I don't know if you can send down Emmanuel Rivera at this point. I mean, he he continues to be a force in this lineup when he's in there against lefties. He's playing a really valuable role for the D-backs right now. If he if if they were to send him down, their lineup against lefties would look pretty different. They wouldn't have another right-handed bat like him to plug into the lineup. Um, and he's got, hitting and he's hitting 370 with a 905 OPS currently. Yeah, you're not you can't send down a guy with those numbers, right? I mean, that would that would just be crazy. Uh, Paven Smith has kind of cooled off recently. He still has pretty good numbers. You could make a case, Derek, that Evan Longoria should be the the odd man out with with the Diamondbacks position player group as it is right now, right? I mean, yeah. Evan Longoria has you know a strikeout rate way higher than anyone else on the team except for Jose Herrera. It's well into the thirty, uh, well into the thirties as far as his strikeout rate goes. You looked um, at you looked at me after his first strikeout, and you're like, Evan Longoria really does strike out a lot, and that he, was before he, he struck out three more times and cost them the game. With he's, an error. he's hit five homers. He has showcased some power this season. It's not like it's all been bad for Evan Longoria this year, but he has struck out a lot. And and you saw, I mean, his strikeout rate was high coming into this game. He went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. He made a pivotal mistake uh, defensively at third base. The, the reality from my perspective, Derek, is that the D-backs don't need uh, two right-handed hitting third basemen, right? Evan Longoria and Emmanuel Rivera, it's it's a little bit redundant. You you could make a case. Yeah. Um, and and I ju- I don't know. I mean, will the Diamondbacks actually you know send down Evan Longoria? I mean, you would I guess you would be DFAing him at this point. I don't think the D-backs would would do that honestly. Um, but you could make a case right now based on how well Rivera has played, how well Fletcher has played, how well Paven Smith has played. That Longoria is is sort of the guy that you should. Uh, make a move on even if the D-backs are not likely to go down that route it feels like it's leaning in that direction or possibly sending down Alec Thomas who's currently hitting 195 with a 579 OPS yeah, that is that uh, is another another uh, case you and, can make. and as great as his defense is it's not going to be necessarily enough to to continue to give him opportunities when other guys uh, are playing well and and they might want to move some things around I don't really know what the answer is as far as the roster goes I, I do feel like uh, there are some guys that are really locked in, and it's hard to not look at what uh, Lourdes is doing and what Gabriel Moreno is doing right now, and not consider uh, that trade with Dalton or with the Toronto Blue Jays for Dalton Varsho to be an absolute win for this team. And even if you can't quantify it in just how well they're doing with their numbers and their statistics right now, you got to look at the way that Moreno is playing catcher for this team. Some of the things yeah. he did in this game, some of the stops he made. Just some of his defense. Forget how good he is at the plate. This guy has been great behind it. And just an absolute godsend for a team that lost their starting catcher due to an injury for the majority of the season. So uh, I can't say enough about how valuable that trade was. But uh, the Diamondbacks do have one more game in Oakland. Um, And you could say that not many people in Oakland are looking forward to it. The attendance (laughs) in game one was 2000. 64 two two zero six four. You, sure you, didn't, you sure you didn't miss a zero I did in not there? Miss you, you any, I didn't miss a one. I didn't right? miss a twelve. It's not twelve thousand six. <laughs> uh, no, it is two thousand. Two thousand human beings, Jesse, and then sixty-four other human beings uh, paid to go to the Oakland A's versus the Arizona Diamondbacks game in Game One. Uh, it was the lowest home attendance. Since 1979, which really makes a lot of sense. It was it was either going to be us or the Marlins, right? I mean, one of us mm. was going to have to bring 
the lowest attendance in in franchise history to the Oakland A's. But uh, attendance was trending up tonight, Jesse. Uh, 3,261 yes. in attendance That's tonight. more than a 50% improvement. That that's is, pretty, that's it, pretty it's significant. It's pretty significant. And that paid attendance does include dogs. It did include dogs. There were dogs in attendance at uh, Oakland Coliseum. And apparently... Every Tuesday, every Tuesday, this is a remarkable. That's to me. next level. Every Tuesday is bring your dog to work night at uh, the old Oakland Coliseum because why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? I mean, there's plenty of space for them to roam around, yeah. Jesse. <laughs> uh, there's probably entire sections and rows that are designated to just taking them on walks. Yeah, I mean, my my argument is why stop at dogs? Yeah, like why why isn't it meow in the park, yeah. not just bark yeah. in the park? Jesse right? wants somebody to bring a monkey. He wants yeah, to get bring crazy. bring not only your dogs, bring yeah. your cats, bring your monkeys, How do bring you your know? talking parrots yeah. that maybe you could teach to How like heckle you know opposing your cat teams. Doesn't love baseball games if you don't bring your cat to a baseball game. Why not? I mean, they got to get those attendance numbers up somehow, Derek. And nobody, no, apparently. Uh, they don't necessarily just have to count human beings. So that was a weird uh, thing. It was a weird thing for yeah. them to say that the 3,200 in attendance did include dog numbers. How many dogs are there? I want them counted separately. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But Brady says, wasn't there a season at Chase Field where every Sunday was bark at the park? You I, would know this more than I, I would. I'm, I'm pretty sure there was. I'm pretty yeah. sure there was. I don't know if it was the entire season, though. I think it just might have been for an extended uh, period of time. Cog says they have a possum. That is true. Uh, they have evacuated an entire press box, uh, apparently, at Oakland Coliseum because a possum lives in there now. Uh, which, my favorite part about this was having this discussion with Jeff Bannister and having Jeff Bannister look at us incredulously like, just go, it's a, it's a possum. <laughs> just go in there and grab it. Like, Jeff, I want, I want <laughs> Jeff Bannister to solve the Oakland A's fucking possum problem while he's there before the team moves on can we get video of that happening tomorrow please? i mean the possum was like in the ceiling right like yeah so, so jeff bannister was gonna he's like gonna go, go, go up there and go hunting, the go hunting for yeah, it he's okay gonna find all right it. it's gonna use sonar and some hunting uh tools i don't know was the um, was the possum counted in in the attendance figure today i just, I just can't wait for this team to move to las vegas jesse you're gonna get more than three thousand people that simply pass through it because they think it's the bellagio you know what i mean <laughs> like there's going to be so much so many people going to check out games if they really do have this uh smaller baseball stadium that they've dreamt up that they're gonna have like right on the strip somehow or very strip adjacent um, I'm still I'm still very sad for my my Oakland A's fan friends who are some of the best fans in baseball. I will are. I will argue there are, are some hardcore diehard Oakland A's fans field, out will. there. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I in the grand scheme of things, I do think this is pretty sad the way that this whole situation is unfolded. But yeah, there's no getting around the fact that the current situation in <laughs> Oakland is anything but ideal. Uh, it it looks ridiculous on TV, right? From my understanding, they even tried to have some sort of reverse, like, um, uh, like, I, like, re like where they showed up to the ballpark to show their team support instead of like, like almost like a, a reverse boycott where they were like, oh, we need to go to the ballpark, but like. Well, you do see you do see fans like hold up signs and and whatnot. Yeah, I've there's, seen. There's I've seen like Las Vegas beware signs or, or whatnot floating around the last couple of days. Um, but yeah, it is not a happy situation in Look, Oakland right tonight now. Tonight was a devastating night for Arizona sports for more than just this 12 inning loss. Uh, the vote in Tempe for the Coyotes uh, and their yeah. Their speaking arena. of speaking of new stadiums, yeah, and speaking all of that uh, did not go their way. I don't know if you uh, did check out the Coyote show, but if you haven't. Uh, please check out their show tonight. It's comprehensive, uh, and it has all of the reasons why. Uh, I think everybody here at PHNX believes that's a mistake. Uh, we're going to get to that, and maybe how that uh, vote impacts the Diamondbacks' decisions and where they're going to go next. But uh, it is sad to think about losing the Coyotes, and that is something that apparently could happen as soon as this summer. So that is a, a terrifying thought. I've been a fan of this team since they arrived here, and I can only imagine what it's like 
to be an Oakland sports fan and to go what they're going to go through what they're going through. I'm selfish and I just want more reasons to go to Las Vegas. So I have to take <laughs> I have to I have to put the cards on the table when it comes to that. And I use that phrase cards on the table specifically in reference to something <laughs> Las Vegas related. But uh, I do. I my heart break, does break a bit for Oakland fans and their loss, everything that they've lost, you know, uh, and it's not just it's not. It's not just this team, you know, you, you, you lose the Raiders, you've lost now, the, the A's are probably going away. Um, it's just not great for them. So uh, it's major franchises that these people have loved. And uh, hopefully Las Vegas does pay them the respect that they deserve. Uh, I definitely, we talked about this a bit, definitely want them keeping the Oakland A's colors if they do move to Las Vegas. Like they have to legitimately, I mean, this is a team that has a lot of, uh, a lot of heritage with it, a lot of, yeah. a lot of tradition, a lot of history. So got to honor that if you do move them to Vegas. Yeah, we'll see. I, that'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a, like an assumption. I mean, would they necessarily be called the athletics, the athletics anymore? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm yeah. sure that those those conversations are, are being had right now. But um, but yeah, it, it'll be It'll be interesting to see what this baseball team looks like in Vegas. I'm with you on the uniform front at the very least. I've always the A's have a very unique look. Yeah. There are no other baseball teams that are, you know, green and yellow. So I, I hope that they keep those colors. Around. Maybe maybe uh, I said this, maybe a green and gold for just sure. the, the, the over the top nature of Las Vegas money and power and there you go. all that stuff. Um, but speaking of Las Vegas, make sure to download the BetMGM app. I'm not sure if you know if you know this, but uh, a lot of your your earnings help you earn membership rewards that could get you a hotel room uh, in Las Vegas from one of the BetMGM properties. So make sure uh, if you needed another reason to sign up, there you go. Every Saturday and Wednesday, you can claim your bonus bet on the house. Fans will automatically receive a bonus bet upon logging into their account. Bets expire after 72 hours, so don't wait. Bonus bets can be used on any sports wagers. Uh, and I believe tomorrow is Wednesday. So, hey, make sure to log in and get your free bonus bet. Uh, also, make sure to check out the uh, our Knockout Nights Cornhole League at the BetMGM Sportsbook out at State Farm Stadium. Uh, it's the first Friday of every month, and we will be giving away uh, free food and beverage specials. Uh, there'll be giveaways. There'll be BetMGM prizes. Uh, there'll be uh, some of the – they're going to have some bonus bets that they'll add to your account as well. So, uh, most importantly, you can see us do our thing live. Because Jesse will, Jesse and I will be there uh, broadcasting this show on Fridays, on the first Friday of every month, live from the BetMGM Sportsbook. Uh, but if you haven't signed up yet for the BetMGM app, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure to use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Well, we already talked a bit about uh, the Coyotes and the vote in Tempe, but there is kind of an impact here when it comes to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, it would appear Tempe has voted no on that proposed Coyotes Arena Entertainment District. Uh, and we have to wonder when we will hear about the future of the Arizona Diamondbacks and where they are going to play baseball. Could be uh, soon. According to Derek Hall, before the season started, a decision was going to be made in the next two months. It was a bit vague because he didn't give a specific time frame. Said or like a couple two, of months. Yeah, so right. Who like, knows what what uh, exactly that means? But theoretically, it could be within you know a couple of weeks. We might not be far away from that point. Right, and you can't help but wonder if this vote tonight was going to play a role in their decision on what they do with the Arizona Diamondbacks team moving forward. Right. Uh, obviously, if people are opposed to this plan for the Coyotes. They most likely are going to be also equally opposed to a plan that it would involve giving the Arizona Diamondbacks a new facility, even if they could drop away, much like the Coyotes, that the facility was going to pay for itself. Yes, it would require some tax breaks, right, where the Coyotes, uh, the, the taxes from the facility would have gone towards paying for it instead of 
going towards paying like city the city of, Te- yeah, city yeah. of Tempe, right? But uh, it's also a toxic waste dump right now. It's a landfill right now, or whatever the <laughs> hell it is. So, but um, we do know that a decision should be made soon. And it feels almost a little bit more like as we get closer to that decision being made, uh, like the Diamondbacks staying at Chase Field is more and more of a reality, right? Yeah, I think that's what that, that's kind of like the baseline expectation. That's that's sort of like where you start. And unless something significant happens, unless they get some new investor who's willing to step in and fund a you know, multi-billion dollar facility, which is really what it would take, then yeah, the D-backs are probably staying downtown at Chase Field. Um, I would imagine that they're kind of thinking through what kind of renovations they could make happen at Chase Field in order to make it more of the -the state-of-the-art facility that they want it to be. Uh, We've talked about this in the past. I personally just feel like the, the it just doesn't feel right, Derek. It still has this this airplane hangar vibe that I still feel like no matter what renovations you do, it's going to be hard to shake that uh, just given the, the nature of the building and how it's constructed. It just is kind of this this when, giant pile of concrete. Right? When, when I hear you say that, there's two things I think of. One, how jaw-dropping it still is to walk into that building with the with the roof open right and the panels open like there's still something spectacularly gorgeous about that building opened up right so part of the renovations could involve the ability to have that roof and those panels open more if you can update you know let's say just the building itself have a better cooling system or whatever where you know you, you didn't have to have it closed on so many super hot days you found some way i'm not saying that that's a possibility but I am. I mean, just repairing the roof as it is right now is going to cost millions of dollars. I'm sure. Right, um, but that, I mean, that would go a long way because what the D-backs have done in the past is is they've had the ability to like open the roof mid-game. Yes. Right. Correct. Whereas now you can now only you open to, the right. roof if you know for sure and, there's no chance of rain. It's going to be cool enough the right. entire like afternoon and evening before the game starts. Uh, now they, you know, it just, it made things a lot more complicated. Yeah. And like for a six forty start, you know, they let fans in, uh, I believe doors open at what, like four thirty or five o'clock. Yeah. So like that. the problem is, is that the roof has to be open that entire time. And that's also like the hottest period of time right. during the day. Normally they would wait until right. like maybe right before the game started and then, and then open the roof. Um, so yeah, I made, it made things a lot more complicated at the end of the day though. Uh, it's very hot here in the summer. And it's always so gonna be. you're going to need a roof. You're, you're going to need something. Yeah. It, it's going to need to be something like that. So like you're not going to get away from that. But what I will say, taking a step backwards, is what you said about not believing that that stadium could be renovated to be anything other than an airplane hangar feels to me <laughs> a bit like my feelings on the Footprint Center. I hated what the Footprint Center had become. I don't remember what concert it was. It was a concert I didn't really care to go to much. Like I went with my wife to be a good husband. I think it was like Sia or something like that. You were just you were just the re- angry. The reason why I say that is because when you go to a concert that you're really not into the music that much or the artist that much, you tend to do things like start looking around at stuff <laughs> or like paying attention to how shitty the sound system is and things like that. Like I felt like for a period of time that that building that I had once coveted as a palace of sports and concerts and all where I went for everything had just become run down and terrible. And like, I literally thought like, there's going to have to demolish this whole building and start over. Right. And yeah. now the footprint center, is kind of gorgeous inside. Like I really do enjoy yeah. the improvements that they've made. There's still some areas that aren't perfect. It's still not great to sit up in the upper section or whatever, but that's why they probably made, always be that way. It's always going to be that way. Right. Like they made it so that there are plenty of areas for you to go stand and enjoy watching a basketball game from places for you to, to congregate with your friends. And that's what we all want to do. We all, we, if we have shitty seats, we want to be able to get out of them and go somewhere else. And that's something that they were very, uh, very smart about doing with that building and the improvements that they made. I feel like Chase Field could have something equally done. When I talk to those fans about those yeah. seats that they sit in with the roller seats, yeah, the, the, yeah, amount, right. the amount of joy that came from their voice about it, like I wasn't expecting for them to be that like, that excited to talk to me about these seats but man like they couldn't say enough they were like this is the best anything and they're like they're like the view's fine but it's not the view that makes it great it's the fact that i can like watch it on this little tv and hear it like there's like they could turn it up or whatever and they can can watch it on a tv 
Well, Derek, the game's right in front of him. Well, you want to, you know, when you watch something live, you want to be able because it's delayed, so you can go back and you can watch sure. it. You know, the thirty-second delay or whatever, right? So I feel but like they just really enjoyed the fact that this is a different viewing experience and that sure. it was much more comfortable than your average, you know, viewing of a of a sporting event. There are definitely things like that that you could you could continue to do at Chase Field, and and yes, I agree, people would absolutely enjoy those things. But the the comp with like the Footprint Center. They're very different in my mind because an NBA arena is made to be an enclosed facility, right? Like at the end of the day, every NBA arena is ba- is sort of the same in terms of how it's built. It's just a matter of like the amenities that you build inside it, right? And that's something that you can renovate and you can take from a very bad place, as you were describing before those renovations happen there, to what now I, I love going to the Footprint Center. I think it's, yeah. it's an outstanding uh, place to see a basketball game now. Baseball is just different. You can't you can't renovate Chase Field to the point where like the overall feel of that building is going to be different. You can make it modern. You can make it updated. You can put all sorts of fancy technology and stuff in there. You can have trendy seating areas and standing areas. But at the end of the day, it's still going to feel like an airplane hangar, Derek. And that's that's sort of where that's sort of where I get hung up with the whole thing. But there's, the reality there, is there's it's, no design. I think that you can really do in Arizona that's not going to be essentially an airplane hangar. And it's never going to feel you, like a true Didn't you see, though, yeah, we're, we're going to have to go back to this whole Orlando conversation no, that we had like no, a week ago, Derek. No, I'm not going to go back to the goddamn Orlando conversation. I refuse to even entertain that. The only as a building that's ever going to exist, Jesse. No one will ever go watch baseball in Orlando, ever. It probably, it pro- baseball will probably not do, ex- will probably oh, not expand I'm to Orlando. I now. grant you that. But do you remember Orlando. what the mock-ups of that stadium looked like? It yeah. was yeah. a stadium stadium with a roof but it also had a lot of natural light and this is something that you're seeing a lot of the newer facilities that have a a roof on them do is they they find ways to build in more transparent surfaces so you can actually see outside when the roof is closed and it's not like chase field where it just feels really kind of dark and dreary uh and and to be fair i mean i i know that there's a lot of people out there who still really enjoy going to chase field in no way am I saying it's it's like a you know a terrible terrible place uh, to go see a baseball game. Uh, Oakland A's fans I know have it much much worse than than what it is at Chase Field. The average temperature in Orlando in July is 91 degrees Fahrenheit as a high, Jesse, as a high. It's humid, Derek. It's humid. That's why you just need the stupid windows to keep everything. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. That's this fair. You. It is different. It is different. I'm I just saying, if you that building's like, never going to exist. That no, building it, no, is like one of those '60s sci-fi novels where they had fucking flying cars and shit. It's never going to happen. Derek it's wants the, enemies in Orlando. Oh yeah, so bad. I'm fucking <laughs> declaring war on the entire town of Orlando. Someone came in our comments defending Orlando. I refuse to even reply to him. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it with you. <laughs> Orlando's a terrible city. Nobody should live there. I'm um, just saying. I think if you had like if you had an architect come in and and chart out what what a new baseball stadium in Arizona would look like I don't think it would look like Chase Field right they have come up with better ways of of doing this it's funny you say that because there were some people at Chase Field and I have no idea who these people were they did not they were not baseball fans I know that for sure they had like clipboards and stuff and they think they were like maybe they were some sort of uh architects or maybe some sort of but they were talking like the one thing I heard them saying they were like on field and they were like writing stuff down on a clipboard and they were just like commenting on how big this place was they were like god this place is so big how many seats does it have again? Like they just kept talking about like how big the the place was. And I mean, I think yeah. there is something to be said in today's modern day and age of sports, especially with a team that, uh, you know, Derek Hall's right. You know, when you have Elton John performing at Chase Field, when you have a playoff game, uh, you know, you, you have a wild card game. Yeah, you want you that. You value the 48,000. You, you want seats. that 48,000, yeah. right? But it's like the problem is, is that you have all of these other times where you're just sitting inside like 90, of an empty 98% building. 98% of the oh, time that the, that the facility it's is just, used. It's not a great feeling. but At the end of the day, going back to like what we were really discussing here, it the D-backs probably are not going to get a new facility when it's Correct. all said and done. So all of my musings about you know what a, a new ballpark could look like. He's, he's dreaming I, just like I'm, the people in Orlando are Yeah, dreaming, the Orlando, you know? they're literally called the, the Orlando Dreamers, dreamers right? Yeah. 
Um, Diamondbacks can't even fix the out-of-town scoreboard, right? <laughs> it's never getting fixed, folks. I've had people ask me this. It's not getting fixed. It, no. From what I've been told, those it's covered up now. It's got, like, advertisements, I think, on it or something. That's staying there until the Diamondbacks do something to renovate the park. And then at, at that point, uh, those scoreboards, as much as they might delight you or bring back an old-school feeling of baseball, will probably be replaced with brand-new LED boards that will still show the out-of-town scores, but also will be able to, like, do cool shit, like show a giant snake, you know, going across it when there's a there home run go. or something. There I don't go. know. I want a giant – like, I'm not a big fan of the wave, but I am a big fan of a giant snake graphic going around the building. And I still – Want to know what happened to that home run snake? I'm not gonna. I'm not letting that go. You do have some investigating to do. I do. I can't wait till sure. they get back. I have so many questions to ask. But <laughs> uh, when they do come back, you can join Jesse and I at Chase Field because that is where they're staying now, then, and forever. Uh, and we'll watch some baseball, and you can get tickets uh, for those baseball games through our friends at Game Time. Of course, we buy our tickets through Game Time. That's a. Uh, that's not an advertising thing. These are facts. Jesse and I both use Game Time quite often. Uh, for last minute ticket purchases because we're both procrastinators and we both don't know what we're going to do tomorrow with our time but we do also uh, have the FOMO and we want to go to things so uh, like Mega Rand's show that he got me to go to at the last minute yesterday and it was a whole lot of fun uh, so you can get your tickets last minute for concerts, shows, events and so much more at game time it's the place for last minute tickets uh, for last minute ticket deals it's also the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. It's because you can snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, Jesse still hasn't looked into purchasing a Chase Lounge from more furniture. Uh, we've, we've, we've settled on him getting the ones from his parents' house. But uh, <laughs> now we need to replace. I mean, uh, I might eventually cave and just have to buy yeah. one in case I. Got to get something might. new for the parents' house. Now, yeah, need to do, right, so. right. Like, that's a good gift, though, I'm going to tell you. Sometimes, you know, I mean, I know it's not it's not the sexiest gift, but sometimes when someone wants a chair, you get them a chair. You're the hero. Uh, but mostly <laughs> buy furniture for yourself. Uh, that's the best person to buy furniture for because you know you. Uh, and, of course, we have a long summer of baseball, so you want to prepare yourself for it. Make sure you have comfy uh, furniture to sit in, including uh, a, a recliner that, that every baseball fan should have to watch baseball and fall asleep in watching baseball. So uh, you can get that delivered with their white glove delivery service over at morefurniture.com. Uh, and you can say big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. We thank you guys for stopping by and staying up late with us. Uh, this is entirely too late. It's now, uh, I believe it's Wednesday now. Is it Wednesday now? It is Wednesday. It's a whole other day. We started this baseball doing, game that we, started, we were talking about uh, started more than five hours ago, I Derek. Said stupid stuff it's time about RB not heartbreaking you or breaking your heart. And yeah. here we are, yeah. breaking your heart. <laughs> uh, but we thank you guys for being here, of course. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse N. Friedman. Uh, Damon is at Damon Dog with a D-A-W-G and a little at the end. But, of course, uh, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. And all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate your time and staying up late. And we just wanted to let you know, baseball is fun. But it is so much more fun when you don't blow the goddamn game, Evan Longoria.